Welcome to Fertility Friendly Food. I'm your host, Stephanie Velarkis, accredited practicing dietitian and nutritionist and director of The Dietologist, an Australian-based practice focused on optimizing fertility through nutrition. This podcast will bring you snack-sized episodes for you to learn, grow, and be inspired by the latest research, facts, and practical lifestyle tips about eating well for optimal fertility, helping you cut through the confusion and myths to take back some of the control on your fertility journey, one bite at a time. Welcome back to another episode of Fertility Friendly Food, the podcast. My name is Stephanie Velarkis, expert fertility dietitian and nutritionist and your host. And today's episode is a topic I am very passionate about talking about. How many times can I say about? Never mind, moving on. (laughs) Why you need to be thinking about your fertility earlier. Now, this is a topic that comes up a lot in the media, and it's usually around the factor of age, which we will talk about in this podcast just for completeness, but I don't want it to be the main focus. And also, just to backtrack a little, when we do talk about fertility, we are really talking about your option of growing your family in the near or distant future if you so choose to. And a lot of this applies to both females and males, but I know from my statistics that most of you tuning in identify as female, and I also know many of you also get your partners to listen on this potty as well, which is always so exciting for me to hear, and I always so appreciate that as well. So let's dive into the episode. So I'm going to get the big factor out the way first, and then we can move on, which is A. We all know as females and males that as we age, our ability to potentially conceive declines. And it's so one of the biggest reasons why the media and a lot of medical professionals encourage especially females to think about their fertility earlier because if you do want to conceive later in life, we don't want you to experience delays in conception and the heartache that goes along with that. So There is no obviously perfect magical number and everyone's going to be different, but in general, we start to see a egg quality and quantity decline from the age of 35 onwards. And it's not like on your 35th birthday, all of a sudden the the clock ticks over and now your eggs are significantly older than what they were. It doesn't really work like that, but you will see a more quick drop in your ovarian reserve, which can be measured through AMH, for example, which is a simple blood test, um, than what it did in, say, your 20s or your early 30s, for example. So yes, age is an important factor when we, say, think about your fertility sooner than you think. And that is not to say that males aren't affected by age as well. We know that as men age, that the quality and quantity of sperm change but potentially this is happening a little bit later, so over the age of 40. So all these factors do come into play. However, these are not modifiable factors. We can't change how old we are unless you have a time machine that I don't know about. So we need to instead be focusing on what we can modify. And that's really the approach that I love to take with my clients because there are going to be some things that are unmodifiable. We can't change the fact that you have a certain medical history. We can't change your age. We can't change the age of your partner. And there's so many unchangeable factors and we can't get bogged down in 
trying to change the unchangeable. The other reason why I encourage people to think about their future fertility sooner rather than later is because specifically as a female, we carry our eggs with us from birth. And so that means that all the exposures that we have from diet, alcohol, uh, drugs, smoking, lifestyle, environmental factors, which I know I'm going to release a podcast talking about environmental factors with Lucy Lines later this season, so stay tuned for that. But all those things can play a potential role when it comes to ovarian reserve and also the quality of the eggs that we potentially release. And we know that that 90-day window, which I talk a lot about prior to ovulation, is most critical when it comes to environmental factors like diet and lifestyle and so on to try to preserve egg quality because it's that last sprint before it goes from teeny tiny egg in the background to, you know, dominant follicle potentially being ovulated and coming into contact with sperm, for example. So we do need to be really, really aware of as well what our lifestyle is like prior to that period of actively trying to conceive. So it's never too early to start thinking about your fertility and a fertility-friendly diet in that context as well. Interestingly, nutritional status can also potentially mitigate an ovarian reserve decline related to age in some situations. We have some really interesting research to show that um, in a a mouse study that the mice that had a higher intake of omega-3 fatty acids found in oily fish such as salmon, ocean trout, mackerel, sardines and anchovies uh, had a less decline in their ovarian reserve as they age compared to the mice that had diets dominant in omega-6 fatty acids. So it seems that it can potentially help slow down the rate of decline of ovarian reserve and also the quality of the egg too. The second factor is vitamin D or the sunshine vitamin. That seems to work very similarly to omega-3s when it comes to mitigating ovarian reserve and, um, and its decline as well. Exercise to promote healthy blood flow. That seems to be another important factor when it comes to ovarian reserve decline and a general healthy diet filled with lots of antioxidants, fruits and vegetables, proteins, whole grains, nuts and seeds, and so on. So all these factors are totally implementable right now, even if trying to conceive for you is, you know, one, two, three, five, or 10 years away. All those factors can be stuff that you can be doing now. And, you know, at best, it's going to help your future self. And at worst, you've got a nice side effect of feeling healthier and improving your general health and well-being. The next reason to be thinking about your fertility sooner than you may think is if you have a known condition that may impact your fertility. That way you can be really proactive about your management to not only help you in the present day, but also minimize any potential future impact on your fertility and or maximize outcomes if you do need to progress to reproductive assisted therapies like IUI, ovulation induction, or IVF. So these conditions could include things like thyroid dysfunction, celiac disease, inflammatory bowel disease, PCOS, or hypothalamic amenorrhea, 
endometriosis or adenomyosis, insulin resistance. There are a myriad of different conditions that could play a role when it comes to preconception health and pregnancy health. And the sooner we optimize the management of these, the better, not only for your present day health, but your future fertility and pregnancy outcomes too. And this is something I'm so passionate about. And I think as soon as you get a diagnosis of any of these conditions, it should immediately prompt your medical professional, ideally, to refer you to a dietitian for um, nutrition support. But if it doesn't, if that isn't happening, then hopefully this message is reaching you so that you know that if somebody close to you in your life, even if they're, you know, in their late teens or early 20s and maybe in their mind, you know, trying to conceive and have a baby is quite a few years away, encouraging them to be proactive about their management and not delaying it or pushing it aside and then, oh, I'll deal with that once I try for a baby. It's really, really important to have this proactive approach. The next reason why I think it's really important to start thinking about your fertility health sooner than you think is to avoid the rush factor and the associated stress that comes along with it. And I like to call it the rush factor. So this is when people reach out to say me or the dietologist in general and ask for some nutrition advice or a consultation one to four weeks prior to, say, an IVF cycle, for example. And I am all about it's never too late to start and, you know, something is better than nothing. I'm all about that. But that rush factor creates a lot of stress for everybody involved. Create stress for me because I need to get you in ASAP and I need to get everything implemented as soon as possible. And then on your side of the fence, it's also a big whiplash change for a lot of people to implement lots of different strategies, change supplement regimes and diets and all these kinds of things, especially if you were really far away from what we would consider a fertility friendly diet then that creates a lot of stress. And we know that stress can have an impact on our hormones, on our bodies, and by extension, potentially our fertility outcomes as well. So we want to try to minimize this rush factor. And so by thinking about it sooner rather than later, we can have this more gradual staged approach without the rush factor. And it's so nice to get somebody who comes in and says, oh, I would love to maybe think about trying in the next year, 18, months to two years, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, Looking to just get ready for that phase of my life and getting to the end of a six or nine month period and being like, look, as long as you're maintaining X, Y, and Z, you're in such a good spot nutritionally. Um, You know, I would absolutely give you my tick of approval. There's nothing else we really need to work on. Now, at the end of the day, there is never any guarantee that just because your diet is in order and your exercise is in order and you're minimizing your environmental exposure to endocrine disrupting chemicals, you can be ticking every single box in the book and for some reason you're having a delay. That is also true. And, you know, we can only do our best with the information that we have and we are never going to know for absolute certain whether you can conceive or not until you try. And there are a few situations where obviously that isn't the case. For example, if you've had a hysterectomy or it's some kind of medical situation where it's not practically possible because there's a lack of the the essential organs and um, say your partner makes zero sperm at all, obviously then that's going to affect your chances. But for the most part, for everybody else, 
you're never going to know until you try. But knowing that you did your absolute best to maximize your health and your chances for conception is certainly really reassuring for many. And I think that is the key kind of take-home message from today's episode is that at best, it's going to help enhance your fertility outcomes down the line. At worst, it's going to be a side effect and you're going to just improve your lifestyle and your general health and well-being by focusing on these things sooner. And you also get that peace of mind factor as well that you're doing everything that you can do in your domain of control to enhance your future chances whenever that comes along for you. So that's a wrap on this potty episode. I hope you enjoyed listening. Um, If this was useful for you, I would absolutely love to hear from you. So send me a DM over on Instagram at the underscore dietologist. And don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps me as a unsponsored podcaster to reach more of you. And yeah, share it with a friend, family member or your partner. I absolutely love to hear when you are sharing the podcast around. Don't forget, you can also save your seat to the next four mistakes that you could be making but can easily avoid on your fertility diet. It's a free one-hour masterclass teaching you all the common mistakes and pitfalls that I see my clients making before they start working with me and how you can avoid them so you can absolutely fast forward past that little bumpy Bit. The link is below and if you do join me, I'll be gifting you a e-guide about choosing a prenatal supplement. I hope to be able to see you there and I will see you in the next podcast episode. Bye. <laughs>